0: Hello everyone, and welcome to Bluebeard's Tech Talk. I'm Josh Bentley, and yes, I have a blue beard. I work for SAP, one of the world's largest business software companies, and I'm a developer advocate on our developer relations team. As part of my responsibilities, I talk about the SAP Cloud Platform. One of the goals of this podcast is to connect developers to code they may or may not have been aware of, and they can use it when they're developing their own applications. Another ambitious goal of this podcast is to entertain you. To do that, I'm going to try to have as many interviews as I can with subject matter experts. Okay, let's get started. And welcome to this week's episode of Bluebeard's Tech Talk. For this episode, I have my good friend and colleague, DJ Adams, better known as Q Macro. Welcome, DJ.
1: Thank you very much, Josh.
0: So I have, uh, again, started this podcast, as I told you when I invited you on pretty recently, not traveling as much and visiting people, doing our code jams and going out and visiting at speaking engagements and conferences. And in doing the buildup of this audience, I have a certain amount of people from LinkedIn and Twitter that were already following me, and we might not have a lot of crossover. I'm only two years into this team of developer advocates that we have at SAP. You've been involved with this team a little longer, and you've got a different legacy and background. So I'd love you to explain how long you've been working with SAP, where you came from, and why the audience is going to benefit from this uh, co-talk we're doing.
1: Okay, thanks. Yeah, well, um, I, I like the word legacy that I think will feature in, the, in this introduction. So I, I've been with the team just over two years, so not much longer than you have. Uh, I joined SAP back in earlier 2018. So yeah, I've been with SAP for two years, but uh, I've been... In the SAP developer ecosphere for a lot longer than that. So I started out hacking on SAP back in 1987. So I've been Messing around with SAP software for a very long time over 30 years uh, working for sort of end customers first of all and uh, consultancy companies as a contractor, you know, an independent uh, contractor, and also working for partners and, you know, small consultancy organizations. So, you know, all the different style of, of uh, technical uh, job uh, and role uh, I've probably done in the past. Um, so, that's yeah, that's me. I, I yeah, I'm, I'm known as Q Macro, and that actually comes from uh, the good old days of uh, early SAP R2. Okay. Uh, that I was doing back in the sort of late '80s and early '90s, and a Q macro is is a is a technical term that describes a part of a a, 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 a bit of data logic in the database.
0: Nice. And again, it's to me, it's branding. It's how I know you because I know you have Q macro as a lot of your handles out there. Uh, it might even be your GitHub handle as well, right? Yeah. It is. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we'll put all the links at the description of this podcast episode to where they can find you on social media. I don't know that this blue thing I've got is going to stay forever. My wife hated it at first. Now she's quote unquote, just used to it. But it's one of these things where it made me different than every other podcast out there. And there are a ton of tech talks if you search for them, but there wasn't a lot that said blue There was only, I think a roadie for a, a, a band that's traveling and doing music. And now, now he's not on the road doing episodes. So
1: there you go. It is you what it is. Number one spot.
0: I hope so. I hope so. In the blue beard area, I could be number one. But it, again, it's just something different and I'm out there in LinkedIn and Twitter and I'm, I'm doing my SAP stuff since uh, episode one I discussed. I've started in 2007 in the IT department. So a decent legacy at SAP. But I didn't know what R2 was, R3 was. I didn't know what SAP was when I went to interview with the company and I live outside of Philadelphia only 20 miles from the headquarters of North America. Mm. So I was not in that software world at all. I didn't realize how big a business software company it was when I started.
1: It is amazing how, you know, how huge SAP is, but also how sort of hidden from from many, uh, you know, from many it is for some strange reason. But yeah.
0: Yeah, completely. And I love that our marketing term for several years has been, you know, businesses run on SAP. We help them run better because they do use our software underneath all the products and services that we may already be using and not realize it. Uh, to that end, what powers those services has really changed. Changed from the R2 and the other legacy systems, R3 and Hana S4 even, S4 Hana, excuse me, moved over now into a cloud world. And I cover AWS and talking about the the idea of cloud services and hosting and <laughs> online access to everything. SAP has produced and promoted its own cloud platform product. And today we're hoping to talk a little bit more of something that's pretty technical with you, which is authorization and authentication in the age of cloud foundry. Um, It's something that I think, I understand it pretty well. I've actually watched a little bit of uh, homework that you gave me that I'll mention at the end mm-hmm. of this episode. So I've, I've been following your live streams. I know a decent amount about it. I've been promoting and talking about this product for a few years, but it seems not to say something rude, but it seems kind of dull. So why are we talking about this and you know, today's yeah. podcast?
1: I mean, yeah, on the surface it is dull. It's 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 nuts and bolts. It's the sort of engine room level stuff. But you know, I, I find that sort of stuff fascinating. And that's the sort of thing that we sort of dig into collectively on the hands-on SAP dev live stream that's uh, that I run on a regular basis. Um so yeah, on 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 the surface, you think, well, you know, what is this all about? You know, why why is this, you know, why is this something we're talking about? Well, I'll start out by saying that um, it's really important to understand, you know, OAuth as a concept, or OAuth, OAuth as a protocol, as a thing, is really important to understand because, as you know, as as you very nicely described, you know, we're moving into the cloud world. We are in the cloud world now, and within the that context, within the context of uh, SAP Cloud Platform, we're also sort of moving from uh, the Neo environment into the Cloud Foundry environment. Um, people will start to notice that a lot of the stuff in the Cloud Foundry environment, the services, for example, and the APIs that, uh, that, that those services expose for consumption by developers and you know the programs that they write, they're protected by OAuth. Um, and I, I guess it's also fair to say that OAuth is n- n- not initially easily comprehensible in five you know you can't read about it in five minutes and then say right okay I know everything there is to know about OAuth in the same way that you can with for example um, basic authentication with HTTP which you know uh, which was quite prevalent in the Neo world so so basically you know OAuth is important because it's at the heart of um, how a lot of the resources within Cloud Foundry on SAP Cloud Platform are
0: protected okay so I understand everything that you said except. What if I'm not an SAP person and I'm coming into this cloud platform environment? What what does the term Neo mean?
1: So Neo, that's a, that's a really good question. So um, we have Cloud Foundry, which we all know, uh, and Neo was SAP's or is SAP's first foray into the cloud platform world. Um, it's an environment that was designed to help developers within the SAP ecosphere build out extensions and you know, custom solutions uh, in the in the early days. Um, and it's a it's a, I think it's fair to say it's a Java-centric platform. Um, and you know there's there's been a ton of success based upon the Neo environment. But really um, you know, as things move forward, one of the, you know, one of the real advantages that, you know, all organisations, you know, large and small, and you know, an organisation as large as SAP has, you know, found this a long time ago that embracing open standards and open protocols, uh, you know, is is definitely the way forward. And so, you know, Cloud Foundry being, um, being, um, sorry, that was my phone. Then, uh, Cloud Foundry being uh, an open uh, Protocol and an open set of standards, mm-hmm. um, you know that that makes a lot more sense to embrace in the same way that SAP embraced, for example, HTTP back in the day. And look at the successes that you know everything has stemmed from that. Everything we do today is is stemmed from the fact that you know we embraced HTTP a long time ago.
0: Yeah, for sure. No, great answer. And I I mean, leading the witness, witness, I knew what it was. So thanks for telling the audience. And uh, the other thing is that leads into a little bit of a sub question. You kind of touched on it earlier, which is what OAuth Mm. is in relation to how we use it with SAP and cloud platform. But can you tell me a little bit about the history of not SAP's usage of OAuth, but what is OAuth?
1: Yeah, what is OAuth? I mean, in fact, you, you... You gave me an idea, actually, um, when you asked the previous question about, you know, I'm a non-SAP developer coming into the SAP Cloud Platform. Mm -hmm. You know, what about OAuth? And actually, that's a beautiful thing because OAuth is not an SAP specific standard. It's not proprietary to SAP. It's an open standard. So actually, a non-SAP developer coming into the SAP Cloud Platform uh, ecosphere, you know, is immediately at home. Uh, especially if they've used OAuth in a previous uh, in a previous job so OAuth is you know it's a standard it, it 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 sort of came about i think around about sort of 2006 2007 and it's gone through two iterations of standards there's a OAuth 1.0 mm-hmm. and an OAuth 2.0 they're both RFCs, so they're both sort of um you know official standards they've both got rfc numbers for example um and, and and i guess it came well to describe how it came about or describe to describe what it is and therefore why it came about um there's there's a great um really short uh, o'reilly book that i've got uh, by an old friend of mine ryan boyd who mm-hmm. uh, who wrote this getting started with OAuth too and he, and he and the way he describes or contextualizes OAuth, i think is beautiful you know he talks about uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, a fantastic film, um, and he talks about the story where somebody comes up to a party and gives the the, the parking valet attendant uh, their keys, his keys to you know this beautiful uh, old Ferrari, and the the attendant takes the the Ferrari out for a joyride instead yep. of just going and parking it in the garage. And the point about that was that you know what that you know what what the the car owner did in that circumstances effectively give his user id and password to somebody else to so that they could do something on his behalf right and that's crazy you know giving giving somebody your user id and password um, to access resources on your behalf uh, is problematic um, right from the get-go yep yep. they they have all access Uh, you can't restrict access it, you know, they can go, uh, they can go completely crazy in a mock with that, with that authorization. And also you can't really revoke it either. So you can't sort of um, break it down to say, well, you can only do that. You can only park the car in the, the car in the garage. You can't take it out in a joyride, for example. So there's no sort of granularity of resource delegation. There's no delegation at all. Right. So it's just, you know, here, here are the crown jewels have everything. And also if you want to revoke access, you're going to mess yourself up because you've got to change your password, right? So OAuth was born out of that sort of requirement to be able to do that sort of thing on the web at scale. So, for example, I think it was born when uh, you know in the days of Flickr, uh, the photo sharing site, and, and okay. uh, Google and Yahoo and everything, and so it was it was born as a way to to be able to um, openly uh, with a single standard allow access delegation. That's basically what OAuth is.
0: Okay, and the O stands for open. Yes. Okay. Good. Good, because there's open access. There's a lot of opens out there. O things that I've seen in reading about different development styles. O data. O data. O data. What's, yes. Uh,
1: you know, the the the
0: top O thing. Of course, SAP loves OData because it's uh, basically a way to convert all the back-end access calls into a standard that you can use, and exactly. then you don't have to consume your REST directly from, you can't consume hey, you REST know what? directly we should, from up right?
1: If if you allow me to come back, we can have a, you know an hour, two-hour, ten-hour discussion on the origins of OData and how, how beautiful it is and where it came from, which was, of course, RSS and blog posts. And there Atom. you
0: go. I would love to have you back, but the problem I've got now is I have this whole narrative in my head of Abe Froman, the sausage king of Chicago, (laughs) and how that's another OAuth example where if Ferris had not been able to spoof him by having someone make a phone call to the restaurant posing as the person looking for Abe Froman, it's just, you have to see the movie if you don't know what we're talking about, but Abe Froman basically is how he gets a seat at a restaurant. He looks at the register of who, or the the, uh, reception desk, and he sees where the Mater d' is going to seat someone soon as a table of three. Mm-hmm. And the name is Abe Froman. And so he basically steals the identity because it wasn't secured. So it's a, it's a great another example. I have that whole narrative run through my head. That's perfect. All right. So uh, I got what OAuth is now. Thank you for that. And then the last question, I think, because we've got to run soon, is what's a concrete example or a use case of where this fits in with the cloud platform?
1: Okay, well, um, one specific concrete example is if you look at the business, you know, cloud platform as the business technology platform, there's all sorts of business technology services, like, for example, business rules or workflow. So there's a workflow service on SAP Cloud Platform available within the Cloud Foundry environment, and they uh, the workflow service exposes a set of APIs with which you can, for example, you know, manipulate workflow definitions, create and manipulate workflow instances and user tasks and user task instances, everything that basically uh, you'd want to do behind the scenes uh, remotely via an API, you can do that with the workflow service set of APIs. And those API endpoints are protected via OAuth. It's not, you know, you, you don't supply any sort of basic authentication header with a user ID and password, you know, that's old hat now. Um, what you do is you you embrace OAuth, and there's, there's a couple of sub examples here as to why OAuth is super important for this sort of thing. So um, there there is different sort of authorization delegation flows. One is called the authorization code grant type or authorization code flow, where you've got you know a resource owner, a human who owns resources, but that person wants to delegate access to you know a service or an application or effectively a client program to do things on their behalf okay so the authorization code flow allows that sort of uh, that flow that that dance so that the resource owner is first asked for asked for um, authentication they then grant uh delegated access and then the the grantee, the application program, can then use that delegated access in the form of a, of a token to carry out, you know, API calls on that person's behalf. That's one example. But if you're building, you know, a backend service that doesn't have any humans involved, then there's the client credentials grant type that you know has a similar sort of dance, but it's simpler in that there's no human involved. Uh, so they can actually request that these these clients can request tokens on their own behalf, and there's a slightly different flow there for for making sure that the, the client is who it says it is. And so so in
0: comparison real quick though, to things like SSO and SAML and other authentication types that we may be using to access the SAP backend system, are we saying now that there's a different credential management that's going to have to be done by the SAP administrator if you're using cloud platform, or how does security get involved with the developer building their app?
1: Ah, so that's a great question. So the credential management is the same, you know, whether it's SAML, whether it's OAuth, whether it's anything else. um, And the way that this flows down to the nuts and bolts of actually, you know, going through, for example, the authorization code grant type or the client credentials grant type. You're still using the same building blocks that are maintained from an administration point of view, as you would be doing with any other. Um, authorization mechanism so for example in the cloud platform you have the scopes and you have users and you have roles and you have role collections and assignments of these role collections to users and so on and you have scopes that you can assign to service keys of instances of services Mm -hmm. and the result of you know assigning for example you josh with a certain role in a role collection that will flow down and be accessible to what is effectively the, you know, the, the whole engine behind this, the the authorization service, uh, the authorization server engine, to say, okay, yeah, this is this is Josh, he's authenticated himself, we know who he is, and we know what he can delegate, and what, you know, what he, is he now delegating? So, regardless of, you know, what the authentication flow is, you know, the administration of the uh, of the access remains the same.
0: Okay, perfect. Cause a lot of developers that are going to join this podcast and listen, a lot of people I talk to that come from the AWS world, as well as the SAP uh, cloud platform world, not necessarily the backend SAP world, these developers don't love dealing with security. It kind of gets in the way of them building their code and they want nuggets of information they can use to get their app up and running quickly. So it sounds like OAuth is just going to enable them to get their cloud foundry application runtime up and talking to the backend
1: quicker. Yeah, yeah. As as no. one would say in the in the mothership, uh yin, yes and yes and no. I think I think uh, OAuth you know it's not it's not a complete stroll in the park, you know, you can't you can't build build OAuth in and and make it all work in in 5 seconds. Um and you know I'm just like any other developer, you know, I want to build my stuff and I'm, I don't want to be interested in security and everything, so I you know, I usually put that off until later. Um, so it's important to uh, to embrace Oath right from the get go. Um, a, because you know that's the right thing to do. But B, because you know, I, you know, I'm not going to lie. OAuth does take a little while to get your head around, but it's an important thing to get your head around as well.
0: Okay, and then uh, this is a question you and I haven't discussed before. Why did you focus on Oath so much? And there's a challenge that you gave me to look at, mm-hmm. and I think our audience is. You have a whole episode. You have a bunch of live code uh, streamings that you're doing on YouTube you have people join and one of them episode 58 is where you go into the deep history of OAuth and then you also go through and you build your tokens and I was playing a drinking game where I took a drink every time you said token I had to stop after (laughs) 15 minutes because uh, I mean it literally you hear the word token a lot in this episode yes (laughs) but that being said you, you care about the subject a lot. You, you dedicated an entire hour to it and you went through and you're building via the command line for Cloud Foundry a lot of your OAuth authentication. So if you want my audience to go and actually watch that episode and try to copy what you're doing, are you saying this is so important that if you don't use this, you're not going to be able to
1: program your apps to work with Cloud Platform? Um, in one sense, yes. I mean, OAuth... Is the the guardian of the API calls. So if you want to make some API calls, you've got to understand how to make those, and to make those, you need to follow the authentication flow. Uh, and so, in fact, you you sort of say, um, accusingly, in, in, in the most friendly, accusingly way possible. You know, you've dedicated a, a whole hour to this OAuth stuff. No, what mm-hmm. happened. I've dedicated probably three or four, and we're still wow. talking about OAuth um and looking at the overall flow so it's that important i mean yes uh, and pe- people who know me will know that I, I you know i do love to learn by doing so you know the, the, the what we do on the live streams what we've been doing most recently you know is just charging forward a little bit you know heads down bang against the wall hopefully getting error messages that we can learn from and then taking a step back and fixing that and going further to really properly understand what's actually going on under the hood because it's because they're in cloud in general um and and sap cloud platform and cloud foundry and kubernetes you know all these things there's layers upon layers upon layers upon layers upon layers and so it's super important not to lose sight of what's actually going on underneath the hood Um, And so this is what we're trying to do. And OAuth is, you know, one example of making sure we're understanding what is happening, you know, underneath the beautiful uh, swan on the water. Nice. Nice. Okay. I think I've got it.
0: Uh, I need to wrap up real quick. So I think usually three things the audience learned. I think this might be four. But the things I think the audience learned, correct me if I'm wrong, is that authentication and authorization when it comes to Cloud Foundry is different than it is in NEO, and NEO is still, our customers are using it, they're happy with it, but it's a different environment. Exactly. Um, Number two, Cloud Foundry uses OAuth 2.0, which is an open standard. Uh, It's been out for a long time. I used to go out and talk about different use cases, I I want to think since like 2015, so well over five years, OAuth 2.0 has been around. And number three, the OAuth is more complex than the HTTP use cases that were around, but it's, it's not too bad to learn it and use it once you've stared at it for a while. Uh, number four, something I learned today is that OAuth has a lot to do with Ferris Bueller. So maybe we're going to change the title of this podcast from Authorization and Authentication in the Age of Cloud Foundry to what has Ferris Bueller had to do with OAuth
1: awesome awesome i think the key, the key there see what i did there the key there yeah, yeah. is to understand that you know it's all about access delegation delegation is the key word um, it's not just a different way of authenticating it's well, honestly i really
0: delegate. i like what you do in your long form you know your live stream where you talk about the person being one thing the server being another thing the resources i think you label like four different items yeah that are actually going to be talking to this OAuth to actually complete the function that the user is trying to complete.
1: It's a relationship. It's a beautiful relationship, resource owner, application, authorization server, and resource server.
0: You know. Wow. That was almost romantic.
1: It is romantic, I think.
0: Nice. All right. We're going to wrap it up. Thank you so much, DJ, for joining me. I know we went a little bit long, but I appreciate your time, and I will have you back on as soon as possible. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Have a great day. You too. Wow, that was a great interview, uh, conversation with my friend DJ that could have gone on for another hour. Uh, lots of cool stuff about OAuth and everything that DJ covers is available in his live streams as well as his uh, blog post. I'll put links to those as well as his social media contacts into the description of this podcast. And in two weeks, we're going to have my good friend Mark Wright from SAP's product management team join us. He's going to talk about the cloud application programming model, some mobile SDK stuff, as well as a thing we have called WorkZone, and a lot of other cool technologies that he supports from the SAP Cloud Platform team. Hope you'll join us then. Thanks. Bye. Bluebeard's Tech Talk has been brought to you by your host, Bluebeard, also known as Josh Bentley. And while I work for SAP, these opinions are not an official SAP stance. They are my own opinions and my own conversations. Thanks. Hope to see you next time on Bluebeard's Tech Talk.